take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello and welcome back to another live stream episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. They don't. So we've created this podcast to teach you what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. And just so you you guys know here, we're, we have been doing this new format of the podcast. Um, and every Monday, which is when we release our, our podcast episodes, but we are doing it live every Monday. So... Uh, you can tune in, you can ask questions, which I, you know, I'm just make sure that I have the, uh, the, the chat comment here ready up. Well, hello, there we go. See, just, just like that, <laughs> just like Annie did. Hello, Dr. Ray and Jean. Hello, Annie. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Um, actually it's, it's a really great thing that Annie you're here because, uh, the topic for today was actually prompted by you. Uh, we are going to be talking about the the signs and being able to recognize the signs when it's time for a relationship break or to take a pause in your relationship. And this was a very interesting concept that Annie brought up. Um, and I think it was because of her own uh, experience. And, you know, Annie, if you wanted to share some of the reasons why um, y- you guys took a break and you know some of some of those reasons that you guys were able to make that decision we can we could talk about that okay um now we should make a di- distinction here between taking a break in a relationship where you're dating you know it could it could be a committed partnership but you're dating versus taking a break when you're married and are, are you talking you- about taking a break 100% or are you still committed in the relationship but not investing in it? See, that's the thing we should really talk about here yeah. because what what's the difference, right? Because taking a break in a marriage is separation. Yes. Right? That's You were separating, you were taking a break. And what we know about separation and the statistics within marriage is that once a couple decides on separation, there is a greater chance for them ending the relationship in divorce. Yeah. Right. So it, it's kind of like final nail in the coffin really Yeah. before the end. Um, all right. So Annie, you know, is, she wanted us. to share with us here. Uh, she's been in a long distance relationship for almost four years. It survived various permutations. Conflict had become more and more frequent despite open communication. We tried a couple months of therapy before we broke up though, though about, doubling down thought about oh thought about doubling down and tried to pivot in many ways 
It felt like we lacked a common vision. It didn't have healthy or consistent boundaries. And when we had time together, the quality felt compromised. It became harder and harder to dedicate time to each other when... Oh, thought about doubling out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I didn't, we didn't get the rest of that at the end of there to dedicate yeah. time to each other when something. Um, well, I mean, I think we could start to comment a little yeah. bit on some of the things that you've brought up here, Annie. Um, well, let me see if you had any thoughts right off the bat. Well, one thing is you use the word break up and you use the word take a break. Yeah. So, so it sounds like there's complete uh, freedom now if you guys are pursuing other people or doing, doing whatever you want. Um, you know, I think there's a difference between one of the things that we really encourage couples to do, which is called a walkabout. And a walkabout is when you leave the home for 48 to 72 hours, but it's really specific because you have to go somewhere you've never been and you're not allowed to distract yourself. You can't read, write, watch TV, be on the internet, listen to the radio, talk to other people. You're really there to have a conversation with yourself and something bigger than yourself. And it's to enrich yourself as a person. It has nothing to do with if the relationship is not healthier or not, but it does have to do with, with that piece. And we practice that in our relationship, you know, once or twice a year for many years, um, which is a little bit different than we are choosing to not really be committed to each other at this time. And I think one of the difficult things about that is, you know, it's like if you stop feeding something, mm -hmm. if you don't water your plants, it's going to die, you know? And yeah. so that if there's not a structure to it or a real purpose, mm -hmm. you know, maybe if someone is addicted to drugs or alcohol and they need to go into treatment and they need yeah. to focus on that, that's something completely then different. That would be yeah. a, a thing that, they need to generate their energy right. towards that. Or but, if there's an affair and because of that, one person can't forgive and move on and they start the healing process, then that would be a time to break because they, they have different. Right. But there's structure viewpoints. to that. There's a Correct. point to that. Not just, you know, it sounds like the, the having difficulty within the relationship um, coupled with separating it's probably not going well. Well, you, you know. know, she mentioned several things. And you, you mentioned um, the conflict started to increase. You know, even though you guys were open with your communication, you also, you know, talked about um, lacking a common vision and that you guys didn't have any healthy or consistent boundaries. When and when you had time together, the quality felt compromised, as you said. Okay. So, did you see that all the of those comment? things? Yeah. Yeah. And then you also added some more here. We are each exploring our paths of personal growth and staying open to other con connections and planning to check back in with each other in one year. So oh. one of the interesting things that we do also is we are really uh, big advocates of personal development. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm just beginning a workshop that is going to be a year long and it looks at, it's Carolyn Mace's work, Sacred Contracts, and it looks at your archetypes and, and what you're trying to develop in yourself and how you uh, stay in a, in a discipline so that 
you can hold things accountable. That's the only way we can really learn is through discipline. And so if, if you have that structured focus and you're in a relationship and one of you starts to change and the other one doesn't, mm -hmm. that's going to put a lot of pressure on that relationship. Yeah. Couples either have to grow together or they mm -hmm. grow apart. And, you know, what you're mentioning here and you're talking about increased conflict and, you know, kind of this lack of, of consistent boundaries and then also lack of quality time. All of that stuff sounds very normal to me when it comes to having a committed partnership. I mean, couples who have committed partnerships, they, they their relationship waxes and wanes. And, you know, it's it's uh, during those times of of stretching that, you know, distance from each other mm -hmm. where couples are challenged to really, as you say, double down and actually put more work into the relationship. Now, this happens with absolutely every couple, every couple, you know, conflict is going to arise as you become more um, emotionally vulnerable with someone. Because now you're going to be bringing up insecurities, you're going to bring bringing up, you know, past pain and past hurts, and that's going to come to the surface. Now, the couples are challenged with how they rectify that, how they heal it in each other. And, and if they can't get past that conflict to the point of understanding why you're having the conflict and understand what, where the healing is, the opportunity there, then that's when they get into the stalemate and they get stuck. Yeah. And most couples have other things that are, that are a common vision, like children together or a mortgage or mm. something that they're still other areas they're still of, connected, of their right? life. And is it kind of keeps them, which yeah. they don't have. Right. This couple doesn't have. Well, I, you know, Annie, she's just went on to say with those three things as the challenges, the long distance made it even harder. It's hard to fight when you're snuggling together, but we didn't have that option. Yeah. I totally agree mm -hmm. with that, right? Distance can become a really big obstacle because you can't just stay in it and, you know, and if fight you, through it. Think about it this. What if you had a long distance pet? How do you have a long distance pet? Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> And as, as a person, we, we have language so we can talk, yeah. but there's so much else to us that can't get tended to, like she's talking about snuggling. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing with a pet is the pet will be loyal if you are taking care of it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so if someone else is taking care of your pet, they're not going to be like, well, you're the one that paid the bills. This other person's being paid to take well, care of me. I, They're going to bond with whoever's that that them. makes me think about that one couple that we were we were working with that ended up getting a divorce and they had a dog and they had like this custody agreement with the dog right right and it, it's just we are we, we are emotional creatures mm -hmm. you know very much like our pets and if you're not feeding that emotional bond that it is just going to fade away. It's going to dissipate with time. Right. So the, the relationships that are long distance are intellectual in nature because that is kind of the only way you can communicate is with words and with your head. Mm -hmm. Even if you're on a video screen and stuff, you can't smell, touch, feel each other. You know, you there's all those other things. And those are the things that bond right. us. You know, you think about a baby, we just, had a, a little video chat with our granddaughter who is eight months old. 
Eight. I got to do the math. Yeah. And and she can see us and she can hear our voices, which really helps when we do see her. But it's not the same thing as holding her and Right. And, and having that close interaction. Right. You know, it, it reminds me of the episode we did with the therapist that works with um, the military, military couples. And, you know, she said one of the challenges is that a lot of a lot of uh, military, they have to go on deployment for six months at a time. Yeah. And during that time, the only time that they can connect with their spouse back home is through a video call. Mm -hmm. And that is that puts a huge strain on a relationship because you're not able to be there with them. You're not able to feed that relationship on a consistent basis. And I would imagine when it works, the call, it could be at the same time that one of the kids is fussy yeah. or there's chaos going on or other things happening in their lives where that is not even a, that great of a connection. So it is very, very challenging, first of all, long, long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, because as human beings, we bond with all the stuff that isn't visual and words. Even couples who who have to travel for business, mm -hmm. that can cause a strain on a relationship as well, mm -hmm. right? There's there's the the mental thought or the intellectual thought that this is necessary for my job. It's necessary for our you know family and and for our our, our finances, but emotionally. There is, it, there's, it takes a hit, you know, the relationship takes a hit. And if a couple isn't able to, or skilled in, in reconnecting after that distance, then they can, it just can pile on the next time one person has to go out, go away for business. Yeah. The other thing that I've been thinking about is atrophy, right? So we really are able to adjust to our environment and to get used to something. And if you have big chunks of time apart and you get used to sleeping alone and you get used to eating when you want and not having to consider another person, it would be a, a, an irritant then to have that other person and how they do things or how they want things. Right. Cause you're not setting up a life together. Mm -hmm. You're just visiting. Right. And, and it's not going to feel like you're home. Right. You're going to feel like you one have of to... you is never home. Right. Right. And so even couples who have been together for X amount of years mm -hmm. and, you know, one has to go away for business. There is this readjustment period that happens when they reunite. Yeah. And if a couple isn't doing that on a consistent basis, then there's a distance that is being created and it's going to continue to to be created in that way. There was um. There was a there was a guy, there was a gentleman I was working with many years ago, and he he would go away on business a lot. And so it got to the point that they were living these these total parallel lives. And then he retired. I was just gonna talk about retirement. And then he's in then the he's house home all the time, and she's got 24 7 this now. Routine right. And, and now yeah. they're like, I don't even know who you are. I I don't and and they could not like readjust to each other. Let's see, let's see uh, Annie's. Annie says, yes, timing felt tough with all the things we're both juggling, work, our own kids, extracurriculars, family, health, home, et cetera. Distance wasn't a deal breaker for me, but we're already seeing that more intentionally and slowing down and slowing down are much needed. Well, it would seem like a stressor to me. You know, like we have had company 
almost every two weeks mm -hmm. for the last for the whole summer. Yeah. Right. And as much as we love having company, we also feel the, the pressure of being on the pressure of making sure everyone's getting fed and well, all it, that's it just so, disrupts your routine. Right. And, and, and we and like it, routine as people. Right. And as, as a couple, beings. if you're not building that life together and building that routine together, it's always going to feel like this disruption yeah. when you reconnect. So it would be more of a stressor. And then you're also not supporting each other in like your daily life where you could say, okay, you cook today or I'll go pick up the kids or whatever those things are. You're both shouldering full lives and then attempting to entertain each other mm -hmm. with these full lives happening at the same time. I think it would take a, a specific personality that would do well in that scenario. I, I would think besides personality, I, I think that the relationship can only get to a glass ceiling. And she's asking recommendations for staying connected during our breakup or no contact and let each other be. The latter seems risky. I uh, would agree. I mean, if you want this relationship to continue in the future. I disagree. Oh, you think that there shouldn't be any contact. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Let's yeah, talk be this because you're you're still if the point was to reduce mm. stress, once that person it, it's it's a hard no of. I'm not going to have any expectation of contact. Now I'm free to really delve into personal development. If, if you're dabbling back and forth, your head's back in it, the stress is back mm, there. Mm. And, and then it's confused. I would be confused, I, especially I, if I was hearing mm -hmm. things that the, if, if one of you is investing a lot of energy into something that you could have put into the relationship, but are choosing not to, that could be painful as well. I could see how that would be, especially if you are dating during this no contact period, you're dating other people and you're trying to see if you can create more of a, a bond or a closer bond with someone else that probably is within closer proximity. Yeah. And if you're dabbling back and forth, yes, I could see how that would put a strain. <clears throat> the, the thing, the reason why I was saying that if you're not feeding that relationship, it is going to go away. The, the thing is, is that even if you decide down the line, let's let's give it a shot again, you're still starting at ground zero. You're still in the same right, place that right, you were but before. You, your priorities may have changed. And that's where you're revisiting this and saying like, let's see a, a year from now, is your life different? Is the other person's life different to the point where this is um, more viable? Mm-hmm instead of the stressors, because it sounds like the, the biggest change isn't breaking up or staying together. It's the stress of being together. Something has to give there. It's the same thing. Like when you have a baby, we have limited energy and resources and time. And so that those energy shifts focus to somewhere. And so you would really have to rethink how you would have a long distance relationship, except to the point of, I enjoy hanging out with you once a month. Like friend. Well, that's what I mean, that it it would get to a glass ceiling, right? Yeah. That there is a limit of connection that a couple can have if this distance, this obstacle that they have there doesn't change. Yeah. And you see, she responded that, yeah, that's already happening. Confusion has certainly abounded and, and we've had to get really clear with our intentions as friends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I, we totally agree with that yeah. because you have to know how you guys are going to define your your relationship and 
having a committed partnership can only go so far. Well, the other thing I don't, I'm going to talk about this, even though I don't know that much about it, but you'll understand the concept that I'm trying to say is there's something that happens, uh, chemically in our brains, right? So when, when we're with someone who is nurturing and, and bonding with us, it's going to create a certain brain chemistry that when that goes away, you get depressed. I mean, mm. you miss something. Mm -hmm. And, and so I would imagine it would create a like roller coaster. A, yeah as opposed to a consistency that you have with someone that you're really forging with. Mm -hmm. So like every day I know where you are mm -hmm. and every day we're waking up together and we're feeding that part of our relationship. Um, it's went, like dependability, yep, consistency. Yeah. You went last year on an, a little adventure for a week and we had that time and you know, it was, it was good personal time mm -hmm. and I knew you were. And, but if it was like uncertain, I don't know what I can count on. Are you going to be there? You're not going to be there. And then when they are there, you're going to have that false thing that you have in the beginning of a relationship that feels wonderful because you've been in kind of some misery and now your brain's filling it's up with endorphins those, and stuff. Yeah. Yep, those good chemistries. And then when that goes away again, like boom. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I think my point, that about would why just be I a wouldn't constant letdown, you know, it's just pick up drop. off. Yeah. 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 yeah Annie agrees hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's it would really it would feel kind of like torture, actually. Yeah, because we're designed to bond. We're designed on a biological level. So even if intellectually we think we want something different, um, our body doesn't always agree with us. And and there's an interesting study that that I did hear about where they put a, a couple in a room with a computer monitor, and there was a woman on the computer monitor, and she only talk to the guy and she wasn't being inappropriate or flirting or trying to get his attention, but she only addressed him and she never addressed the woman and the woman's cortisol levels went up. Mm. So she, she was already feeling threatened, threatened some yeah. type of, and, and that doesn't happen. It, that happens biologically without thought. That's a chemistry thing that happens. And so I don't know all the chemistry stuff, but I would imagine that would be a big part of it. Yeah. And in fact, uh, Annie talks about that here. We were chemically bonded and the absence has created a huge roller coaster for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly kind and, of what you're talking about. And the female brain is especially that way much more than the male brain because, oh, geez, the female brain. I, I was thinking about this yesterday. We were out on an ATV for three hours and I don't particularly like that feeling of being on those things. <laughs> and it's, you know, I feel like I'm going to fall off all the time. Like I had to solve that problem of falling off about a thousand times during that. I never fell off. No, I, I didn't wait until there was a problem. I'm a good driver. I was anticipating a lots of problems. Well, that's what the female brain does. Yeah. Anticipating I even had to tell problems. myself, yeah, you can drive and the one in front of us isn't falling over. So it's probably working, but it just <laughs> didn't feel that way. And my brain is looking for like, where, which way am I jumping? If it goes south and which, how should I lean? And that female brain, it's much harder for women. Well, that's how the female brain is designed yeah. is to be constantly, you know, searching the environment mm -hmm. for potential threats. Right. And, the, and thanks for the validation of the female brain, Gene. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I, I think for men, then it would be easier for them to compartmentalize the mm -hmm. relationship, be like, you know, I am 
here now and then I'm going to be over there. And now the relationship can continue over there. But over here, if you I, can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it's a very logical approach to relationships. But that is going to be a conflict because as you become more bonded, we're not talking about an intellectual connection here. We're talking yeah. about an emotional connection. Yeah. And I would say too, don't, don't get mad at me guys, but in general, men are selfish. They're more designed selfishly what? because they have tunnel vision <laughs> and they see what they want and that, and they forget, you know, kids crying over there or something, the way their brain works. Right. And so I got a goal <laughs> head to the goal. So I would she think if, if the guy that is part of this is on the roller coaster, he's going to go sue himself no. because he can. And that would be the first thought. It wouldn't be, is this, is this a violation of whatever boundaries we may or may not have? Yeah. And I am not going to be as sad about that if I'm over here being soothed. Well, you just, at some point, you can't put a relationship in a box. Yeah. And you can't set up rules as to how we are going to bond, right? Because naturally we are designed to bond and connect and merge together. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say, well, this is our relationship and this is how it's going to be, you know, from Monday to Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it'll be this kind of relationship. And, you know, it, it is just, that's too, you know, rigid of a way of looking at a relationship that is an emotional evolution of a process here. I would say there used to be a box and, you know, in the 1950s, women stayed home with their kids. Men went to work for the majority of our country, right? Not, not every static, single family, static but, roles. but yeah. there were some pretty static roles and, and you were expected, you know, you were expected to do certain things. And there's some really interesting things. We talked to women back then and, you know, when their husband was going to be home at five o'clock from work, they went and put a dress on and put makeup on and did their hair and made sure dinner was ready. And many of them were having to take Valium because they were so miserable in their lives. Right. <laughs> they didn't. Have... <laughs> so that, that wasn't a healthy way of being either. And so, Annie, what I would say is reverse engineer your life. You know, take this time and really look at what is it you want out of a relationship. And I like the term different instead of better or worse, because when you know what you want, you know, it's like people will say, I would never date someone that smokes. And of course they marry a smoker. You're <laughs> like, well, you already violated against yourself and now you're miserable because you're with someone who smokes, but you already knew that up front. So, you know, take this time to really look at what would it look like? What would I want? And what would I want in a, in a very long-term relationship? Or do I just want my current immediate needs met or is my life going to change 10 years from now where I'm going to want something different and, you know, look at, look at really what's important to you. What do you value? And are you looking for someone to share your life with? Are you looking for someone to go on vacation with? You know, what are you really looking for? And that will help you then determine if the, the fit is good with whoever you're with. And and you're not talking about live for the future. You're talking about live in the present. 
how you want your future to be. Use the present to say, this is what I like or don't like about things. You know, when, when I was a single person, I really liked my alone time. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I think I missed it, but I also had a child and I had a lot of things in my life that were feeding a lot of my different needs, people to talk to and all sorts of stuff. But, um, I wouldn't prefer a lifestyle where you were like a over the road truck driver and gone and then back. And I would not prefer that mm -hmm. to what, how we live. And there are people that do. And, and if you're in agreement and you're following whatever that structure is, then you probably, you know, our goal of being really deeply bonded and living this life. I, I think I like the way Sue said it. Alex grandma. She says two people living the same life. That's a very different want and a very different level of commitment. Mm -hmm. Sure. Then an investment. Yep. And investment. Yep. Then, you know, you have your stuff over here. I have my stuff over there. And, you know, we have a few common points in between. Well, she's, she's now asking, you know, how to survive a long distance relationship. LOL. Yeah. And well, I think you have your answer already. Yeah, it's because we're, we're designed to merge. We're not really designed to, to have that. I, I find that interesting with, um, we've had friends that we were neighbors with and then we've moved away. And even though social media still works the same way, you could easily be interacting on it. You kind of don't, Yeah. you kind of still just interact with the people that are in your proximity, which I find interesting. And so in, in most relationships are that way, you know, you become friends with the kid that sits next to you in class or the coworker that sits next to you at work, that proximity is a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. Right. Because there are things that are being communicated, a lot of meta language, meta messages that are not being communicated through a screen. Right. And you know, you can't just call your partner and say, Hey, can you run to the store? I need a cup of sugar. If it's long distance, you have to rely on yourself, someone closer and or someone just closer. yourself right. for those things. And like, if something really happened and you needed, like you need a ride to the emergency room or something, your person can't be your person no. in that really important moment in your life. So, and, and, whether you have to be taken to emergency room or not, you know that, you know that. in yep. the back of your head. Yep. You know, and that's constant. Every single day, it's I can't count on my person. Right. You know, I have to count on someone else or I gotta count on myself. And and so that would be a, a natural stressor and a natural painful thing because you're separate. Yeah. And, and we're just designed that way because we're designed, you know, to merge together to and have families and yep. Mm -hmm. So thank you. She says digging deep right now, peeling layers of childhood wounds, which have led to triggers, which have led to conflict. Also exploring what I really want. We both have lots to juggle during the week. So having that space where we could take care of our own business during the week sounds good. And then when we were together, we could really focus on each other. But I get that. That's not reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it looks, it, it looks good on paper. We can put things in place that we can actually make it work, but, uh, it, it's, there's this and, and piece that's missing. There is something we haven't really talked about. And that is, I would say mostly the desire to compartmentalize or have a lot of rules on the structure of a relationship. 
are because there is pain there. There's a protective layer that we're trying to protect ourselves from and relations relationships require vulnerability Mm. and openness. And, you know, that's the person you're getting naked with. So that's the person that could also hurt you the most. Right. Yeah. And so that you think you're protecting yourself, but I always think about it like this. If you're going to jump off a 30 foot cliff, but you tie a 15 foot rope around your waist and tie it to the tree. Ouch. It's not going to end well. And that's, that's this fake sense of, control of not getting hurt but actually it's the thing that hurts us the most she said it's painful to hear but necessary already thinking about how to reshape my life as things change with the parenting responsibilities the next few years you know it it, there's there's a reason why you you know suggested that we do this as a topic because a lot of this stuff is already resonating within you as it is Mm -hmm. and yeah you know relationships are the most complicated thing, definitely a relationship with a committed partner is the, the most complicated thing we will ever have to do in our lives. So and, there you know, I can really... send you a link too to the um, explanation of the workshop that we're starting. It's just starting. If you wanted to join us, that would be awesome. It's virtual at this point. So your distance doesn't hurt, <laughs> but it's a, it's a spiritual practice. That's a year long. And, and that's open to all of our listeners out mm-hmm. there. Right. This is a uh, spiritual development uh, workshop that Gene has been heading up here. And if you want more information about that, you can always contact us at contact at couplesynergy.com. And it is designed that you can join at any time. And wherever we're at, you just start there because it's it's a cycle. So wherever you start, you just keep going until till the end. Yeah. You know, the hard part about relationships is that you have to do a lot of work within yourself. Your partner has to do a lot of work within themselves, and then you got to do a lot of work together to grow in the in the same direction. So it's, it's just it's really it's hard work. Yeah, you can't like take your dog and drop him off and be like, "All right, I'll see you later," and then I'm taking a break and then come back. And your dog's not going to have that same trust or loyalty mm-hmm. when when you come back. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you very much for the conversation, Annie. Thank you so much for the topic suggestion. Uh, This has been a really good one, a really good conversation. And, you know, if any of you out there have any topic suggestions, please just email us, just contact us like Annie did. You can email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. And we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. 